Today's scripture reading comes from John chapter 14, verses 8 through 14. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Have you seen me? Has seen the Father? So you can say, Show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? That the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the th- Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of, of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Great works then these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Here we are in the 14th chapter. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He's saying goodbye to his... uh, He's saying goodbye to his, his 12 and some others that are there. The Holy Spirit hasn't came yet. The church has not been started or sanctified. The Lord has not been in the grave, but he's getting ready to be crucified and punished. And, and he's telling them um, in the 14th chapter how to be comforted. And the comfort that God gives in adversity and change, okay, adversity and change, is very important because it all it has to do with relationship with him. Because when you're going through adversity or trauma or change in your life, you need something that never changes. You need something that's always constant. You need something that is always encouragement to you. You need to know that that which is with you knows what is happening and what the outcome is going to be. And that's why it is so so essential that he comforts his disciples before he's gone. Last week we talked about Thomas and the question that he asked him, and the Lord gave him his answer. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but by me, meaning that there's only one way to the Father, And in the Gospels, Jesus said, narrow is that way, and straight is that path. He was talking about himself to Thomas. He is the narrow way and the straight way. And so he answers Thomas' question, and finally he says to him, and he says, if you know me, you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going to go. And then along comes Philip with a question. Philip says, he says to him, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. This was interesting to me. Jesus, yes, he said that too. R2T2. Think about Philip's question. Jesus has calmed the waters. He's calmed the winds. 
He's fed tens of thousands of people with just a little bit of food. Was that you? Children's ministry pastor. <laughs> <laughs> He's healed the blind. He's delivered people from demonic forces with the spoken word. Just you know, he just said, "Be gone," and they'd leave. And the people that they were cast out of were their normal self that they'd never been before. He'd healed people of all diseases. All diseases. There's not a disease among men that Jesus Christ has not healed or cannot heal. Philip was there. He was one of the twelve. Wow. So I'm walk on water. Heard him teach. He heard him teach, and, and the Spirit of God and the truth of God touched Philip and the rest of it with such amazement that they made a pronouncement. He spoke as one having authority. The authority of God is different than the authority of man. It has nothing to do with volume or intensity of speaking. It has to do with the attention of truth as it penetrates the heart and the soul. He felt that. They saw that. They saw people's lives transformed. Philip saw this. They've, They've been looking for the Messiah for thousands of years. And they saw all of this, and he had up to this point, other than the res the death and resurrection, he had at this point just about fulfilled all of the 10,000 prophecies that they studied as children. And still they're not certain. You know what? They're nothing. They're just exactly like you and me. And I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people in this sanctuary here with us. Wow. Your marriage? And you think, oh, he can't fix it. He can't fix his spouse I have. I, I don't know why I married him. And you quit praying. You quit believing. You talk about a situation, a set of circumstances that you struggle with, and you don't know if there's an answer, and you cry out, and you cry out, and and it doesn't seem like there's an answer, and then you quit crying out. Where are you? That's what Phillips is at. Philip asked, just where are you? Who are you? Show me God. Show me. You need a job. You lost it. And we say, just show us. We cry out and we cry out and then we back off. And then Jesus says, 
I want you to tell people about me. <coughs> he doesn't, he's not saying, I want you to talk to them about your theology about Jesus. That's not what Jesus is about. He really, he really doesn't care if you tell him about theology. The only thing he wants you to understand and tell them is that Jesus Christ died for them. And just like he died for you and he rose again for them, just like he rose again for you, he wants them to talk about the eternal life of Jesus Christ. And we say, oh, they won't listen to me. This world is so bad. You're not believing. You're not believing. You're not believing. Are you? Let's be honest. We're talking about us. You see somebody that's in pain and you think, whoa, the pain is so great. I don't know that I should tell them because somebody says, if you give your life for Christ, it's a lot harder to be a Christian than a non-Christian. And so, oh, no, I'm not. Do you see what's wrong with us? The same thing that's wrong with Philip. Needs to be a change in us. And uh, Philip says, uh, don't you know me? He looks at Philip and he says, don't you know me? Look at me, touch my face. Do you not understand who I am? Don't you know me? I believe that the body of Christ in this country, if not the world, probably in the world, have the same problem Philip does. They talk about God and they talk about Jesus and they talk about theology, but they don't know Jesus. They talk about their pain and they talk about the psychological effects of what's going on and what can't change, but they don't know Jesus. Let me tell you what, Jesus Christ changes people. Jesus Christ changes things that you don't think can be changed. That's what he's saying. He's saying to Philip, don't you know me? Do you believe in me? Michael Heiser was being asked at one point about his theology, whether he was a Calvinist or a Presbyterian or a, a Jehovah Witness. or a, No, they wanted to know what he believed. They wanted him, they wanted he, they wanted him to tell them what their, his doctrine was. And you know what Michael Heiser said? He says, you just need to believe. Either you believe in Jesus or you don't believe in Jesus. You either believe in him and trust him, or you don't believe in him and you don't trust him. Are there areas of your life that you don't trust him? That's what Philip's, is, Philip's saying. Just show me the Father. You know what would happen if Jesus would have made the Father appear in front of him? He'd ask for something else. It's the way we are. goes on to say, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He said, Philip, haven't you seen the Father heal? That's what he's saying. Wake up.
verse 10, he says, Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father, the living, who is living in me. Did you know that the Father can change the world today? It's the, the thing that we all would like. We used to wait on the Messiah. Now we're asking the Father to change things. And I have good, close friends who are praising for the great revival to change the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But God has another plan. He wants to have a new heaven, a new earth. He wants to take back and reclaim that which the enemy stole from him. He wants to reestablish the family of God. He wants to give them authority, power, so that they can walk beside him in eternity to do the will of God that we don't even understand yet. The Father can, can change the world, but he wants the world to be what he intended it to be. A new creation. All the old has passed away. All become new. It goes down to verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, Jesus, will do the works I have done or have been doing. And you're going to do more of them. What does that mean? You'll have bigger mountains to move? No. It means there will be more truth taught because there's more people that have Jesus in them. You may move mountains, but Jesus doesn't care about the mountains. Did you all know that? Oh, Jesus doesn't believe in ecology. Oh, baloney. He's the founder of ecology. What's he mean? You have within your possession, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have within your possession the greatest eternal gift of all the centuries put together. That's eternal life. that has seeded itself in us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he has come to live within those who believe in him. And that belief is the greatest gift that mankind will ever know. There shouldn't have been a California gold rush. There should have been a Jesus gold rush. Where people came to know Christ. I'm sure all of you uh, invite people to church. I invite people to church all the time. Once in a great while, somebody shows up. Once in a great, I mean, once in a great while. I, 
Less than 10% of all the people that I ever lead to the Lord nowadays and invite to church come to church once. Less than 1% stay. People don't believe in Jesus. He's become a philosophical idea. Not a transformer of life. I'm not being critical. I'm just, I'm just telling you that we have a big job. Powerful job. And when you tell people the truth today, they run from it instead of embracing it. Because truth is not, is not what, what mankind seeks. Mankind seeks, seeks feeling good. So their feelings are the dominant influence in their life. Jesus Christ is not the way, the truth, and the life. Now I'm going to tell you something. All of this frustration, oh, by the way, I want to take you down here to 14 before I go on. It says, you may ask me, who's he talking about? Jesus, right? You may ask Jesus, put his name in there. For anything in my name. Meaning anything within the will of God. So if God leads you to, to lay hands on a baby in the last stages of cancer. And to take authority over cancer and remove it. And, and, and he says, whatever you ask in my name, that's my will. He said, I will grant it to you. No questions asked. We don't even ask God if we're supposed to pray. We don't. Because we're screwed up in our theology. We mix theology with psychology. And say, oh, should I offend or should I not offend? I'm glad God offended me when I was 17 years old and I gave my life to Christ. I'm glad that he said I was a sinner and I was going to go to hell. I was not offended. It touched my heart with a power and authority. It transformed me into a new person. I want everybody... To know this Jesus. Which brings me to Philip. Let's go to, if I'm going to throw a curve at you. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. I threw her a curve. I didn't tell her that. She's a newbie too. Give her a hand. <laughs> verse 26 in Acts chapter 8. Now the angel of the Lord said to who? Philip. The same Philip that is in the book of John asking him about showing the father to him. So now something's happened to Philip. What's changed in Philip? Did he go to seminary? No. He met Jesus and believed. Two things, met Jesus and believed in him. Saw the resurrection. The Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. Now we're in Acts 28. 
and 28, in 8, verse 26. And, and, and Philip is a different person. Something happened to him. The skeptic is gone. He's able to hear information from the angel of the Lord. Who's the angel of the Lord? Jesus. You all know that, don't you? Okay. And he said to Philip, go south to the road, to the desert road. He gave him the exact road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he did it. He met a eunuch in a chariot. He gets on it. And he begins to tell this eunuch all that he knows to be true about Jesus Christ. Tell him everything. Some people says it's preaching. No, I don't think he preached at him. I think he just told him. He talked about all kinds of stuff. The death and resurrection. Transformation. Gave his personal testimony. And after a while, verse 36, they were just traveling along on this, this uh, uh, horse-drawn, um, I forget what they called it, was, chariot. And he sees some water. He said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of you being baptized? And giving your heart to the Lord is what he's talking about. Philip believes. <laughs> Philip believes. You know, God chooses the way he wants to use us. See, in our modern day expression of Christianity, we get everybody to think that the way you believe is the way everybody should believe, but thank God we don't have to believe the same way. Why? Because God has different tasks for people. He asked Tori, Corey Tenboom to travel all over the world and share about her experiences and, and to share Jesus Christ everywhere, but he hasn't asked me to do that. That's fine. So uh, he believed. The eunuch gave the orders to stop the chariot. Both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. It's a Gentile. You all know that, but as far as we know, he was a Gentile. Here's the mysterious verse, verse 39. And when they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Whoop! What am I saying? If you believe in Jesus, he will ask you to do things that are miraculous. Because it says in this Bible, in the last chapter, it says the things that will be done by Christ through his people are so many that if all the oceans were ink, the sky was parchment. It would never hold 
the accomplishments of God. If we had the ability to recall in our mind what God has done in your family or your person, in your life, and you were able to write it down, you would be amazed. There was the time he started my car on the bypass in Clarksburg, West Virginia. That should be in there. He did. He started it. He didn't even have jumper cables. But he started it. I remember when he gave my wife back to me when she had a burst appendix. And I had five children, the youngest one only weeks old. And he gave her back. She's still here with me. I remember when he gave my daughter back. There was croup going through the city. We were away in school, and, and the doctor said, that she's got to turn around or it's going to be bad. And somebody came in, Bishop uh, Selhammer came in and laid hands on her and prayed for her. And the next day, the doctor says, I don't understand. She's, one, she's almost better. That's only a, a minuscule of what Jesus does in my life. How about yours? I remember when they cut my leg off and I woke up and it, I'd never had pain like this. Um, and I yelled Jesus and he knocked me out. I mean, seriously, I yelled Jesus and I was out. And I didn't wake up again until I was up in the room. That's a, that's a miracle. Can you imagine if they didn't have drugs to take away pain? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Maybe you need to ask Jesus. Don't answer that. Ask Jesus, Lord, do I believe the way you want me to believe? Do I believe? And if he says no, say, Lord, teach me how to believe the way you want me to believe. Start small. Grow. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a substance of I went through a period of time, I, I, was in, I was in school, I went through a period of time that I prayed and said, Dear Lord Jesus, please take away everything that I have been told in the world about you and God and teach me what you want me to know. I want to know Jesus and him crucified. That's what I, I want you to know. Oh, by the way, every Sunday I look for these people I invite to church. Awaited an excited expectation that the sons of God will come to church. <laughs> I went every Sunday. One was here last week. He's not here this weekend. No. There was two today I was looking for and they weren't here. Boy, they, they need to meet you. Do you understand they need to meet you guys? They need to know who you are. They need to know what God done in you, has done in you so they can look forward to what needs to be done in them. Do you see how it works? Philip. 
We've all seen God here. Did you know that? People say, well, nobody's seen God. According to Jesus, if you've seen Jesus and you've seen him work in your life, you've seen the Father. And all I've seen about Jesus is nothing but good and godly and holy and powerful, and that's the Father. And he says in Ephesians that, that, that we sit with him in the heavenly realms at the right hand, right next to the Father. Friends, do you believe? Let's stand as Caleb. Are you here, Caleb? People to believe, I, I do not, we need to get away our, put away our bitterness and our anger. We need to get rid of our prejudice. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to come. And you need to let him speak to you. So that he will teach you the nature of God. When you believe in God, he gives you all power and authority in his name to do his will. Not your will, not your philosophy, but his. He heals you, transforms you. Now, why do I say this today? Because Philip needed comforting. Because all that he knows about Jesus Christ was done in the presence of Jesus. He saw it. He handled the food. He passed it out. He collected up the extras. He wasn't going to have Jesus. Can you imagine the shock that was to him? And then all of a sudden... In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes in and shakes him to the very foundation of his being. That the Almighty God came and dwelt within him. I want that for you. The way God wants it, not the way I want it. I want God to touch you. So if you need prayer today, I'd be privilege, honor to pray for you. I want you to be comforted. Jesus is with us but not here. But he's in us. We can't touch his robe. We can't see his face and touch it. We can't handle him like John did. So please, Lord, help us believe. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, please come. We'll pray.